Men of low moral fiber. Choo choo choo. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. This is how I saw episode two. Is that a movie you talk about, man? <laughs> Okay, so let's move seamlessly now. And I'm Kurt Reynolds. Dare do that. Settle down, Don. <laughs> we need to give a parental advisory for this. Clicking furiously on my mouse. Eat the paella. All right, everybody. Let's get swifty. That was cool. That was fun, guys. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Men of Low Moral Fiber. We've had a very fun 2017, and this is our last episode of the year. Uh, my name is Ben Helms, and I'm, as always, with my co-host and big brother, Jason Helms. How's it going, man? Merry holidays, everyone. Merry um, holidays. Have a, have a happy year. Um, yeah. It's, it's almost done. This was one for the books, and I hope yours was as, as wonderful as ours was. And, um, yeah. Today we're celebrating uh, all of the games that we played this year, all the people we talked to, all the fun adventures we had. Uh, and, yeah, just kind of counting down all of our, I guess we're not counting, but talking about all the fun we had. So, First, we want to just thank all of our guests, uh, and the first would be your students that you knew very well, like Kelson and Haley, and the, the games that we were able to play. Yeah, that they made. Yeah, that was a blast, and um, I hope to play that episode uh, this coming semester when I have a, a new oh, group of nice. students and we nice. we start a, a brand new semester. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, then we had Jorge and Dom on, and they talked about Star Wars, and that was all pre Overthink. So I think if that happened yeah, now, that would true. obviously. In fact, there is a Star Wars episode that came out two days ago on the Overthink Network with. Us and Jorge and Dom. So, in fact, that would have been on the Overthink podcast. So, if you haven't been listening uh, so, to Overthink, yeah. that's a, a great place to start. <laughs> nice little plug there. Uh, then Sean Thompson came on and played Sam and Max with us. Uh, one of the most classic uh, Helms family favorite for sure. Uh, but yeah, it was really fun having him on and just kind of like live a part of our childhood uh, that, that he had never played before. That was really fun. Uh, and then we had the amazing luck. Uh, I don't know what else to call it, but of having David Fox on the podcast. Yeah, uh, truly our privilege uh, to have David Fox and to feel like yeah. now we get to um, really have somebody who had a, a great part of making the games that we loved on this show uh, meant a lot to us. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think we'll probably have him on again, especially I think he's still going to be continuing to work with, with Gilly and the gang uh, in their next venture. Although it feels like Thimbleweed Parks changes every few months. So we might have to go back and play that in a couple of years because it seems like it's already a different game. Uh, and then we had TJ play Full Throttle with us, your boy. Uh, I think that was in like August or September. We haven't had a guest on in three or four months. Yeah, so but we definitely nobody need to rem- tires of our that. voices. We're we're really beautiful and amazing. <laughs> so we are amazing. So uh, yeah, just a quick intro. That, so we played eleven games this year. We had seven side quests. Hoping to up both of those next year uh, with maybe maybe a couple two or three part months. We'll see. So uh, and now let's jump into the the awards ceremony. Uh, two thousand seventeen awards. Dun da 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 dun dun da da. I don't know what music that is. What is I, that? I wanted to sing along, but I didn't know it either. All right, the award for the most and this is how it works. By the way, we each get to nominate a winner for each of these awards, and then we just kind of leave it hanging. Yeah, yeah. There's no actual <laughs> winner. In fact, the actual winner is probably somebody we didn't say. Yes, yes, that's true. Uh, I'm gonna go first. Uh, the first award we have is the most nostalgic game, uh, and I nominated Sam and Max Hit the Road. Uh, oh, good with, one. Yeah, we played a lot of new games, games that came out within the past decade or so, and this and this one, Full Throttle, uh, Monkey Island 2, probably half of our games were old 90s, 80s games, uh, and this one was the most memorable for me from back when we were kids. This one, I remembered most of the 
uh, at least from the first half of the game, most of the puzzles, most of the scenes, most of the dialogue. I mean, we quote this in everyday life yeah. still. Yes. For most of our lives. Uh, so this was fun to play this with Sean uh, all, all together and just kind of walk through the first hour of the game. We were able to play together, which was really cool. That was a blast. Uh, and that was very helpful to kind of get us from, yes, we downloaded the game three weeks ago and we actually have to play it and beat it in the next week, which is a lot of how it goes sometimes. So uh, that was fun. Full Throttle was a really fun one, to, uh, again, to play and have that nostalgia feels. But that's one that I, I only remember like the first 20 minutes of. Yeah. But still, uh, I, remember, I think I remember the box sitting next to our computer more than I remember the actual game, but still very nostalgic. Yeah. And Sam and Max was the uh, runner up for me. My uh, my nomination was Zach McCracken. Um, oh, of course. And that when I think of old LucasArts games, that's the one that pops into my head. Uh, not necessarily my favorite because as a kid, I, I didn't beat it. I didn't come close, but it's certainly the one that uh, shaped my imagination uh, the most as a kid. Uh, what I identified most closely with those old games. So uh, our next award is the funniest moment, uh, and uh, I'll go first. I had a tie. Uh, oh, nice. One was just a Sam and Max quote. Uh, pretty much every line of Sam and Max is yes. is first place. And when they approach the hot tub and you look at it, uh, Sam says, the pool of decadence. Max says, bring me as many naked women as my poor eyes can stand. Sam says, Jesus, Max, you don't even like girls. And Max says, oh, yeah, I forgot. Um <laughs> I think that's a really funny moment. Max is amazing. Uh, and then the other one was uh, the lookalikes from Thimbleweed Park. Uh, sheriff. Oh, owner, yes. Hotel manager. Sh- the Sheriff that's, Arino. That's such a funny gag. The the hotel yeah. manager, Abu. And I wonder if, because they call it out right away, right? The first couple of comments are like, you look yep. a lot like that other guy. I yeah, wonder if I we would have chalked it up to just like, wow, that's lazy design. Or if right. we would have got it as a joke if they hadn't called it out. Yeah. It, but yeah either way it's really funny yeah it worked really well so um so that's mine ben what's your funniest moment in the game i'm gonna go with the cave this is a, a game that i i don't think about a lot i think just because we played it nine or ten months ago whatever it was uh but for some reason it kind of gets lost in my brain of all the other adventure games we played this year but there's one scene from it that i remember laughing out loud and my wife just turning to me and just <laughs> being kind of confused because i was playing out with headphones uh, but it's it's very early on in the cave when you play as the knight and you, you need to save the princess from her castle and you need to go down. I don't remember the exact puzzle, but you have to like let a dragon go to get the key to something or other, a diamond, whatever it is. And it blew my mind early in the game because it was the dragon. Eat, spoiler alert. The dragon eats the princess. Mm-hmm. And like, I think you see like her, her bloody skeleton left behind her bloody limb or something. And I just remember being so shocked because the graphics are great. Has this uh, awesome like 3D platformy graphics, and it the fact that an NPC that it's someone you trying to save the the goal of that puzzle seemingly is you trying to save this person, and they could so hilariously just brutally die like that, gory. Uh, I just it set the tone for like a very sarcastic, irreverent, tongue in cheek game that it was. I thought it was brilliant when I first saw it, uh, and it was. It's one of those games that if I played it as a kid, like if it was out in the early 90s, like a lot of those Lucas Arts games, Monkey Island stuff like that. Uh, that I'd probably be like a top game. That it'd probably be like a top five game for me. Yeah, totally. Uh, and then on my playthrough, because I didn't play as the knight, um, it was the scientist had a similar moment. Uh, you go through this whole process, and you end up launching a nuclear weapon and like blowing up half That's the world. Awesome. Um, so you know, different but same. That's fantastic. Yeah, there's some hilarious parts to that. It's a great game. Uh, our next award goes for the biggest regret, and that could be either our in-game choice. 
uh, a game that we chose to play possibly or in podcasting. We've made you have a lot of bit, a lot of regrets this year in podcasting, but uh, I think last year it might have been playing Rebel Assault. Yeah. <laughs> Just at all. Yeah, it was rough. Uh, but yeah, I think this year for me, I think it was the idea of trying to win Kelson's game, Thirsty Thursday. And that's the idea. You can either be male or female at the beginning and you go to a party and you're, I think you're pledging a frat or a, or a sorority. And you, the goal is like, should you be, is to like drink. You get in a drinking game, right? And if you quit the drinking game, then you go home and you're a loser. Everyone makes fun of you. But if you win the drinking game, then you get drunk and you black out and horrible things happen. Yep. So the goal is there's no way to win this game. And that's yep. it's like meta commentary or it's just a commentary, right? This is commentary on college life and kind of uh, and peer pressure and all these pressures that you enter in in life. And it's a fascinating twist because I played it a few times wondering how to win until I realized, oh, that's what Jeez. life is. That's what a lot of life is, at least. Yeah, that's fascinating. Um, wow, I'm so proud of my students. Um, that's yeah. awesome. I'm glad they were able to deliver that for you. To bring regret into my life. Thanks, Kelsey. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of Rebel Assault, I just beat Battlefront 2 about 10 minutes ago. Whoa! Yeah. When did you start playing it? This afternoon. It's not a long game. I love it. It's about six hours. I love it. And um, Maybe I should have rented it. Yeah, that's what I did. I bought it. It was great. Cost me three bucks. Nice. Um, anyway, got some Rebel Assault 2 in it. Not going to lie, I got a little, little Rebel, Rebel Assault 2. Yikes. Um, just, well, just I'm sure we'll play moment. that next year at some point. Yep. We, we'll get, get a chance to talk about it. Now, two thumbs up. I really liked it. Cool. Uh, and I thought that the overall storyline was felt like a um, side uh, Star Wars movie. Awesome. Uh, like Rogue One or something like that. Uh, oh, you know, not perfect, but, but it was really fun. Uh, anyway, mo- biggest regret, uh, not beating Zach McCracken without hints. Um, that would be impossible. I really wish I would have taken the time to do it. Yeah. Maybe I'll give it another 10 years and I'll forget everything and try it then. Tough tough when your kid's a month old. It's tough. <laughs> it's real tough. <laughs> tough anytime, but especially with that. Um, yeah, so next one, we'll go from uh, from the regret to something we love, the coolest game mechanic. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So what's yours? Mine was everything. Okay. The moment when you um, you you get told about um, I don't know an hour or two into it that you need to go all the way back to where you first started, and at this point you've oh, like gosh, expanded yes. out of the universe and you've gone to all these different places. Yeah, and it's like how do I get back? And that, I spent like another hour or two trying to figure out how to get back. And in the instructions, one of the things it says is, if you're frustrated, just let go of the controller. Yeah. And I was like, oh, what a cool instruction. And it seems like this like fleeting, like fruitless comment that is just kind of said by a, a rock or an ant, right? Like it's not like an in-game instruction, or at least it doesn't feel like that. Yeah, it, it might be in a couple places. I don't know. Um, yeah. It's definitely, though, in like when you bring up the controls and like trying to figure out what the buttons do. It's on that, oh, okay. in the, on oh, the in-game wow. tips. Interesting. Uh, if you're frustrated, just let go of the controller. And that's why I thought it was so funny. It's like, oh, okay, that's good. Yeah, just let go. Yeah. Uh, and then it turns out that that's actually the solution to that puzzle that frustrates you the most. You just set down the controller, and the game automatically steers you to where you started. That's so cool. Um, what a beautiful cool game. game mechanic. Yeah. All right, Ben, my, yours. Mine, mine is actually from everything also, but it's a different moment, a different uh, in-game mechanic. And that's that moment of that kind of gestalt switch in your brain, in my brain, when I realized that being smaller than the smallest atom it turns you into that like pl- platonic ideal of shapes and octagons and craziness. And you go down inside that, it's like galaxies and galaxies and worlds. And you go down in that and you see 
the universe. You go down inside that. You see the world. You just, it's it's circle. It's this big circle. It. I think it made me audibly gasp when I realized that. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It was so cool. And then the kind of runner up for me was the trench run in Battlefront on the Death Star. It's just a gorgeous a cool moment. I, I played really it with like it. Richard, and we. Oh my gosh! It's such. We just kept sharing the trench run and passing back the controller over and over in person. Because it's so fun. So good. Oh, it's just beautiful. So good. Oh, my gosh. Uh, our next award goes to the most frustrating moment. Yeah. Because uh, we're playing games. That, we're playing games, right? They're puzzle games. So they're going to have frustrating moments. We're also playing games that are 25 plus years old. So sometimes it's just the nature of being that old that games were still figuring out what they were. Uh, for me, it's actually neither of those. It's two new games that came out in the past year. And one of them, I think, was just the Specs of Dust from Thimblewood Park. And I honestly can't remember what they did right now, but I do remember just being like so OCD about every time I'd see a dead pixel yep. running over and picking it up and adding it to my specs of dust and giving specs of dust from one character to another. What did they end up doing? Uh, you just get like a badge if you get them all. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Oh, uh, so yeah, that, that was a little, that was maybe more trying than frustrating. But uh, I think another thing, maybe the more uh, IRL version would be that it would be in Tacoma. Mm-hmm. And that would be the lack of emotional connection I had to any character or to the plot. Because mm-hmm. uh, I, I loved the game. I loved Gone Home. And I really wanted more Gone Home in space, right? Uh, and it was intriguing. The plot was very intriguing. I did enjoy some of the characters. It was gorgeous. Uh, but for some reason, I didn't really connect with it. I, did you have a reason? It's, I, maybe I can go back and listen to the episode. Because <laughs> I forget. No, I, well, I'm trying to remember why I didn't really connect with it emotionally. I think it might be because... Uh, two reasons. One, your character doesn't matter. Like, in oh, I'm Gone not a part Home, of the characters that I'm seeing. Yeah, in 3D. that's right. That's right. And so I liked them, but I yeah, didn't love that's them. True. And then the second is that the real emotional connection is to the AI, right? And like that's the big reveal at the end of the game. Spoiler alert! Retroactively, yeah. Do, do you want to just record a spoiler alert for the entire episode? Um, <laughs> and uh, and so I actually did have that emotional connection, but it wasn't. It was to the AI, and. It, yeah, it was like true. revealed to me afterwards, like, oh, actually, I did kind of get to know the AI through this, and that's kind of cool. But even that, you think that the AI might be the big bad the whole time. Right. Or at least for most of the game. It's not till yeah. towards the end that you're like, oh, wait, it's just an AI who's, who you're trying to save it ends up being. Yeah. Man. All right, what about you? Uh, it was buying plane tickets and Zach McCracken, the thing oh, that kept gosh. me from beating Zach McCracken oh, um, without hints. It's just... I. It Even after you me, it won the lottery? Yeah, it wasn't. Oh, yeah, because it only gives you like another three grand or something like that. Like you could still screw up. Oh. Um, and so for me, it wasn't just frustrating. It was um, I felt anxious. And every time I had to buy a plane ticket, I had this low level anxiety mm. um, that, that I didn't love. I'll be honest. <laughs> um, okay. From, from the lows to the highs. Yeah. What was your best moment in game? Uh, I think Gone Home, man. I think when you, this might be a weird best moment, but the, the kind of gimmick when you're reading, was it Sam's journal or your sister, yeah. right? Uh, for her, her first time. And yeah. it's like this kind of, it's her journal entry. So it's totally personal. It gets graphic and you hold up the letter and then quickly you like the character just like puts the letter down. It's like, what am I doing? That's disgusting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just such a clever like gimmick. That I feel like if I was a developer, I would overuse all the time. Be like, oh, here's right. a quick thing. Or like, yeah, I don't think, it, I don't remember it happening in, in Firewatch or Tacoma, but it seems like it's just something that 
worked so well. It's just like a quick laugh and also kind of give you insight to their relationship. It was, yeah, it was a really cool moment. Totally. Totally. Uh, for me, for it was uh, Thimbleweed Park's meta ending. Um, we're all oh, in a video sure. game. Yeah, all yeah. the video games are in one video game or however it works. Oh, um, what a cool way to end such an epic game, too. Such a great game. Um, yeah. Loved it. And I stole that uh, answer from you. You had already typed it out, but I, I totally take it. Um, yeah. It's a fantastic, right. fantastic thing. Yeah. Uh, so best moment in real life. And I think I think it's a tie between we, both we of agree. us here. Yeah, we agree. <laughs> I wanted to come up with another one just so we have more things to talk about. But when we got to hang out with David Fox uh, a couple times, once we interviewed him, and we got to also just hang out with him in person. We got coffee with him a few weeks after that, uh, talking about Thimbleweed Park. And I think we got to play the iOS version a few months before it came out. That was pretty sweet. Uh, But just kind of getting to talk to someone who was so integral to our childhood, honestly. like That that sounds more powerful than what it it actually is. But I think that's true. Like That was a very integral part of our childhoods. Uh, we played a lot of uh, PC games. We played a lot of these games. I mean, that's the reason we do this podcast. We spend hours and hours every month doing this. Uh, and David Fox is a large percentage of why we played those games. It was playing the games as kids. It's why we do the podcast now. But it's also some of the stuff we've talked about. Um, our love of humor, our love of solving problems, um, yes. our desire to work with others to surmount problems. Um, you know, yeah. these classic LucasArts games taught us a lot. And uh, so, yeah, the, getting to meet David Fox, getting to talk to him was really special for both of us. It was cool that it wasn't just an interview on Thimbleweed Park. I think the first half hour of that hour long interview is like, tell us about LucasArts. Yeah. <laughs> tell us about Zombies at My Neighbors or whatever it was, the game of the of the, you know, the time was. Uh, but yeah, that was that was just a very insightful, an insightful interview. So uh, our next award goes to nice little segue here. Our favorite game. This is, the, uh, this, this is the big one. Let's, this is the let's big one. You know, drum drum roll roll here. All right. And it goes to Thimbleweed Park, which I think uh, is on the short list for both of us. Uh, it's it's the longest game we played, uh, which is tough because we've played Zach McCracken too, and that seemed like the longest game sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this, this is like the all David Fox year, apparently. Yeah. You're the Fox. Uh, but yeah, it was such a long game, but it was also a game that we like. I never wanted it to end. Like I needed it to because we needed to record a podcast, but it just seems like every puzzle, every piece of dialogue, everything was getting better and better throughout. And it never felt repetitive or sluggish or frustrating in the way that some of these old adventure games feel when you're just like, oh, I have to do that for the next half an hour. And you realize this maze and you have to figure out a, some rhythm to this maze or pattern or something. It never felt like that. It felt very rewarding throughout. It was, it was yeah, just a really fun game uh, with a great story and yeah, like I said earlier, I'm excited to go back and play it someday because it, it's a totally different game now than it was when we when we played it eight months ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's going to be one that's going to really have a lot of replay value. Um, can't wait to go back to it. Uh, mine was Everything, uh, which is also a game that has a lot of replay value. I'll be yeah. teaching it in the spring uh, and not in my video game class, but in my uh, non-human rhetoric class. So excited to see how other people interact with it and have fun with it. Um, but that game was... Yeah, it almost feels like I'm wrong to choose it as my favorite game because I, I I'm still not sure it was a game. It was right. some other kind of experience, but I loved it. It's interesting. Now, these are these are two really replayable games, but for different reasons. I think when I play Thimbleweed Park next, I could play it every year, every couple of years, whenever I play it again, and it'll be like, okay, I'm going to set aside, you know, an hour a day for the next couple of weeks or whatever it is, and everything I could pick up today and play for 20 minutes. Yeah, or pick up next week and play for four hours. 
And the cool thing is, and it's different after every that time. twenty minutes. You you get up and you feel better. Yeah, like you go go into the world more engaged in it. Um, yeah, I love that. Yeah, game. I <laughs> two days ago, maybe yesterday morning, there was a ray of sunlight coming in through my dining room, and I actually did the millennial thing and Instagrammed a little slow mo video of all the little specks of dust and yeah. dead skin. Honestly, yeah, floating through dead the pixels. air, and I made some yeah dead pixel joke but i made some joke about like being in the upside down or something like that and it it also like brought the rest of the day the thing i thought about wasn't my like stupid stranger things joke but it was the fact that like oh my gosh inside each of those dead skin flakes are dust mites and inside the dust mites are atoms and inside the atoms are galaxies and like so good man the game sticks with you forever it's uh what a cool game it just changes how you see the world um completely um which is not something uh, it sounds like do. hyperbole but yeah. it's not yeah yeah um so it's really cool all right so yeah. um we did the big one we did favorite game now we've got uh the last award what are we looking forward to most in the coming year uh i cheated and just said everything and not the game this time but yeah. <laughs> more more guests right we need to have more guests on more interviews with people with game creators yeah uh more um just more ways to keep the podcast exciting and new. It felt like, you know, we're two years in and we've definitely established a rhythm and we even pivoted earlier this year to covering, you know, covering different types of games, not being kind of pigeonholed into only games made from 1988 to 1995. Uh, but I think that us being creative and I think doing the overthink being a part of that, that podcast network will help us be creative, just being surrounded by all these other creative podcasters inspiring each other. So yeah, I'm excited to kind of find new ways to make, the show not seem repetitive yeah uh, but also comfortable at the same time so anyone they discover month in five years they can be like oh i'll just pick a random game i want them you know to be easy easily accessible but at the same time to also um people who are listening every month to be constantly engaged in new and exciting things would be my goal and uh, for us to figure out how to do that yeah and to to go off of that also um i'd love to see more interaction with our fans with people who are listening to it mm-hmm. um because we would love to know what you want to see in the next year mm-hmm. um yes, what games yeah. um what segments uh what kinds of things you want us to do going forward um yeah but my thing that i'm looking most forward to is uh it's not going to happen this year but whatever the thimbleweed crew does next uh i love yeah. thimbleweed park so much i don't know if i can expect uh, something that great from them for the next one but um yeah i'm excited yeah oh my gosh i'm so excited for whatever they make next and that is the only downside is it, it looking back on like the original kickstarter video it was like five or six years ago yep <laughs> so it's gonna be a while uh, and it might be another kickstarter i mean they haven't announced anything yet they're still doing thimbleweed stuff so uh we have yeah five plus years at least i'm thinking and, until we get to the next one but that, i mean that's i have this weird loyalty and i think so do you to these creators yeah uh, and, you know, to, to Campo Santo, who made Firewatch. And that's the one game they've made. And I'm really excited for whatever they make next. Uh, and to Fulbright for doing Gone Home and Tacoma. But there are so many amazing games that are still being made all the time. And we will probably play a Sierra game. Dun, dun, dun. At some point. Uh, and is it, is it Leisure Suit Larry? It's probably it Leisure, Suit Leisure Suit Larry. It's probably, yeah. I think that was Corey's request, right? So we're going to play yeah. Leisure Suit Larry at some point. Uh, but yeah, I mean, another game that we're looking at is, uh, Kona, a game mm-hmm. by, I don't even Parabola, I think I don't even know. Uh, Kona is a game that came out last year that looks amazing. Another one of those walking simulators that, uh, slow clicker that we love. Slow clicker. Not the hardest puzzles, but amazing storylines and cool graphics. Uh, Cursed Monkey Island, the third Monkey Island will definitely be playing in the next year. 
Uh, and then coming up next, our February game, the Feb- first Friday in February, is Grim Fandango. Grim We'll be jumping Fandango. in on with our the, the remastered version or the old version. Grab either one. We'll probably play both. Uh, and we'll be playing it with uh, my friend Dan Segla, who Dude, will join I, us on the podcast. I had a dream about Grim Fandango the other night. I thought you were going to say you had a dream about Dan. I, I had one about him, too. Oh, I didn't want to talk about weird. that on air. You never, never met him. him. Be, no, yeah. no, I don't really know much about him, but, you know. What happened in the um, dream? No, I, what I remember for the dream... And this was uh, kind of a fever dream. I was a little bit sick over the week. Cool, cool. Uh, over the weekend. Wasn't real with it. And um, I remember Grim Fandango was like kind of the opposite of everything I've heard about Grim Fandango. Um, so in the dream, Grim Fandango was the art wasn't great. It was like really, really flat, but also kind of wireframe. The puzzles were really confusing and didn't make any sense. And the story sucked. And I was like, oh, man, Grim Fandango wasn't very good. So I, I have to play that game. Th- this is my fear, I guess, is that I've heard so many good things about Grim Fandango that somewhere buried in my unconscious is this fear that what if it's not good? What what if wow. it isn't as great as everyone says? Uh, I don't think I need to have that fear because people like this game a lot and I'm excited to play it. Yeah, it's surprising that neither of us ever played it. I don't know what where it fit in in our uh, timeline as kids. But yeah, we definitely skipped this. Maybe it was just on to the next Star Wars game was our mentality. I just love that that's a fear that's in my soul somewhere, is that Grim Fandango yeah. might not be as great as I think it might be. I think we're in good hands for two reasons. One is they made a remastered version. Yeah. <laughs> and usually they don't make a lot of money when they do that. That's just kind of like for the fans. And secondly, a buddy of mine out of the blue, who I barely knew when he asked me six months ago about this, was like, hey, can I play this game with you? Nice. Are you have you played this yet? Can we play it together? Nice. Uh, so, yeah, the fact that someone's that passionate about it, I'm, I'm definitely excited to jump in on that game. So. I think that's all we have. Uh, thanks again for listening to our podcast all year. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Really appreciate it. Could not do it without you. Yeah, this is true. And actually, we literally couldn't do it without some of our Patreon supporters. If you do want to support us financially, uh, check out our Patreon. It's www.patreon.com slash month, M-O-L-M-F. Uh, there's links to it everywhere, wherever you see us. Uh, but yeah, even a dollar a month would help us out with hosting domains, that kind of stuff. So uh, you can check out our website, menoflowmorefiber.com, uh, where we post adventures and all sorts, all of our episodes, random stuff like that. You can check us out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And if you have any questions, comments, or a game suggestion, possibly, you can email us at molmfpodmonthpod at gmail.com. And uh, in the spirit of the uh, various holidays, uh, if you'd like to uh, give something to us, to give something back for all that we've given to you in the last yes. two years, all that we've given... Go ahead, rate and review us on uh, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, wherever you want to rate and review us. Uh, But even more important than that, if you know anybody else that likes this stuff, go tell them about the podcast. Uh, We would love to connect with those listeners. For us, it's not about getting to a certain number of listeners, but just having people who would like it uh, connected to it. Um, That's always cool. Yeah, we we made this podcast for two reasons. One is we wanted to play these old games together. And the other reason, probably a bigger reason, was this is a podcast we wished existed. Yeah. And it didn't. So we're like, oh, let's just let's just make it. So if you know someone who who likes these old games who might be interested, yeah, definitely, definitely pass it, pass that along. Uh, as always, I have been Ben. I will be Jason. And I am a mighty Christmas pirate. And I'm a lagomorph, Sam. Look it up. <laughs> See you guys.